You're listening to Robertson Adol Kazilski. Tov, Shana Tova, and welcome to 101.9 Chai FM. We we're about to start learning Torah again. Um, after that, I think there was quite a big hiatus. In fact, I'm sitting in the chair right now and thinking to myself, wow, it's been an incredibly long while. I think it's been close on a month where we have been celebrating all the Yamim Toivim, the whole month of Tishrei, that intensity of spirituality going through the cycle of Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur, Zman Simchatenu, the time of our rejoicing, the, the festival of Sukkot culminating in Simchat Torah. Um, and it certainly is generally a very physically exhausting uh, period of the year, but certainly one where we should all have received a very good spiritual injection, um, an uplifting Spiritual awareness um, as represented by the month of Tishrei, the month of Rosh, the month of the, the, the head of the uh, head of the months, um, which we now can go and take and uh, impart and imbue into our daily lives. So I hope that each and every single one of you out there had that upliftment, that uh, spiritual injection. And we're ready now to hit the ground running, but running on a different paradigm, running on a paradigm of uplifting the world and making this world a better place. And we're going to pick up where we left before all the high holidays, and that is we're learning the book of Bereshit, the book of Genesis. We are going to be starting chapter 3. We spent a long while going through the creation of the world and uh, how God put everything in place to create the most beautiful world that we have right now. Um, and we left off before the holidays at the point where Adam and Eve were put into the Garden of Eden and life was blissful. You know, we always talk about the Garden of Eden. We use it euphemistically as being that place, that 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 uh, image that we conjure up in our minds of relaxation, happiness, love, everything going smoothly, all being well. Well, <clears throat> it wasn't like that back in, in, in uh, 5,779 years ago. They were there for not too long when they were enticed by a serpent. And I'm going to go through the verses with you, and uh, I encourage each and every one of you to be part of the conversation um, about the enigmatic and really very strange questions that we can ask about the verses I'm about to to read to you. So I want you to, uh, you know, turn up your dial. Um, the SMS number is 34519. The WhatsApp is 061-895-1019. And uh, we are going to go through the verses of, of, of what happened with the serpent and Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden. And I want to see who out there could put on their thinking caps and look at what questions we really can ask about this entire story. What makes sense? What doesn't make sense? What discrepancies do we find in the whole story? And probably the most important question of all will be, what does that have to do with us and why are we learning it? It's actually quite a fortuitous time because um, we just read on Shabbat 
the Parsha of Bereshit, the Parsha of this story. So for those of you that are at home or you, um, you've got access to a Chumash, to a Bible, we are looking at chapter 3 and we are going to start on verse 1. Reads as follows. Vehanachash haya arum mikol hayat hasadeh. The serpent was the slyest or the most cunning of all the beasts of the field, Asher Asa Hashem Elokim, which God had made. The snake was the slyest and the most cunning of all the animals that God had made. Vayomer El Haisha, the snake comes to the woman and says, Af ki amar Elokim lo tochlu mikol etagan. Did God even say that you should not eat from all the trees of the garden? He asks that question. It's a question, but it's in this, he's just kind of like making an opening statement. Tell me, did God say you not to eat from uh, all the trees of the garden? Vatomer Haisha, the woman says, El Hanachash, to the snake, Mipri Eitzagan Nochal. From the fruit of the trees of the garden, we may eat. She's clearing up his uh, seeming confusion. That Did God tell you that you're not to eat from all the trees of the garden? The woman replies, no, God said we can eat from all the trees of the garden. Umipri ha'etz asher betoch hagan amar elokim lotochlu mimenu. But from the fruit of the tree that is in the middle of the garden, that is what God said, you shall not eat from it. Velo tigubo, and you should not even touch it. Why? Pentamotun, lest you die. So the, the woman, Eve, replies back to the snake, we can eat from every um, tree in the garden, but from the tree that is in the middle. That we all know we learned was called the Eitzadat Tovara, the tree of knowledge, good and evil. He told us not to eat from it, nor to touch it, because if we do, we shall die. Vayomer Hanachash El Haisha, and the serpent says to the woman, Lomot Tumutun, you will not die. Why? Ki Yodea Elokim, because God knows. Because God knows that on the day that you will eat from it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. That's the response of the snake. Don't be silly. Of course you should eat from it. You're not going to die. Because when you eat from it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. Verse 6 reads, Vatere ha'isha kitov And the woman saw that the good, the tree was good to eat. And it was desirable in their eyes. Venechmad ha'etz. And that the tree was attractive. Lehaskil, as a means of wisdom. So vatikach pirioi, so she took of its fruit, vatochal, and she ate. Vatiten gam le 
Isha, Ima, Veyuchal. And she not only ate it for herself, but she gave it for her husband, and he ate. Verse 7 reads, Vatipakachna enai shenehem. Both their eyes were opened. Veyeduki erumim hem. And they realized that they were naked. Veyitperu ale teena. And so they sewed together fig leaves. Vayasu lahem chagorot. And they made for themselves loincloths. Loincloths. So there you have it, ladies and gentlemen, verses 1 to verse 7. You've got a snake. He opens up by saying, did God say that you should eat from the tree, uh, or, um, all the trees? And the, the Eve says, no, it's only from the one in the middle of the garden. God said, if you don't eat from it, you don't touch it, you'll die. And it says that the snake pushed her against the tree and nothing happened. And he said, you see? And then she said, yeah, you're right. This fruit looks lacquer. It looks interesting. This tree looks very attractive. And so she ate of the fruit, and in her exuberance, she gave it to her husband to eat of the fruit. And then suddenly their eyes were opened. They realized that they were naked, and they clothed themselves with fig fig clothes, fig loincloth. You're listening to Robertson Adol Kazilski. We invite the whole community to join us in paying tribute to a South African legend and a great friend of the Jewish community, Prince Mangusutu Butelezi. In honor of his 90th birthday, we will be acknowledging his accomplishments and thanking him for his firm support of our community and the State of Israel. We encourage you all to join us on Monday, that's tonight, the 8th of October at 5.30 p.m. at Glen Hazel Shul, Yeshiva College, for Mincha prayers followed by a tribute ceremony. This event is hosted by the South African Jewish Board the South African Zionist Fed, South African Friends of Israel, and endorsed by the Office of the Chief Rabbi. There is no charge, however, booking is required for catering purposes. Please call 011-645-2601 or visit the South African Zionist Fed Facebook page for details. Welcome back, and uh, we're in the midst of the Garden of Eden, trying to read a very enigmatic and very mysterious story, a conversation between uh, a snake and the first two people on the planet, Adam and Eve. And uh, just before we get started, we are going to dedicate today's learning, Le'iloi Nishmat Yitzchak Ben Herschel. May his neshama have an aliyah. So there should be a number of questions that one needs to ask about this story. It kind of like makes for a probably a good Hollywood setting. It's It's got some drama. Um, but really, in truth, when we read through the story, there are certain inconsistencies and certain things that we really, if we're thinking about it very deeply, we should be asking those questions. And I challenge all of you out there, think about it again. I'm going to quickly read through the English so that we're, we're following the story and I'm going to start asking questions. But I'd like you to as well to join this conversation. 34519 is the SMS number 061-895-1019 is the WhatsApp. So here it is again. The serpent is the slyest of all the beasts of the field that God had made. He says to woman... Did God even say you shouldn't eat from all the trees of the garden? The woman says to the serpent, From all the trees 
um, all the fruit of all the trees of the garden we may eat. But of the fruit of the tree that is in the middle of the garden, God said you shall not eat from it, nor shall you touch it, lest you die. The serpent says to the woman, you certainly won't die, for God knows that on the day that you eat from it, your eyes will be opened and you'll be like God, knowing good and evil. And then the woman saw the tree was good to eat and desirable to these to, to, to the eyes, and that the tree was attractive as a means of wisdom. So she took of its fruits and she ate, and she also gave it to her husband um, with her, and he ate. Then the eyes of both were opened, and they realized they were naked. So they sewed fig leaves, and they made for themselves loincloth. An interesting story. Right, well, I'll start kicking off with some of the questions um, that need to be asked. And the first is, is that the, the, the Eve, you will see, actually embellishes the prohibition against eating from this tree. If you go back and you look at Genesis 2, where Adam got the, 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 the commandment of not eating, it says like this, God commands Adam saying, from every single tree in the garden you can eat. But from the tree of knowledge, good and evil, lo tochal, do not eat. Because on the day that you eat from it, mot tamut, you will surely die. Now, when the serpent comes to the woman and asks in a questioning way, didn't God say you weren't allowed to eat from all of it? Eve responds, no, we can eat from all the tree, but from the tree in the middle, God said, you shall not eat from it, nor shall you touch it, lest you die. So straight away, our rabbis have brought up the question, hang on a second, God didn't say that. If you go back and you look at verse chapter 2, verses 16 and 17, God says, on the day that you eat, you will surely die. He didn't say anything about touching it. Woman embellished it. That's question number one. And it was that embellishment that the serpent, the slyest, picked up on. And what did he do? So the Midrash goes and says to us that the serpent pushed Chava against the tree. Okay? And he himself touched it. And he said to her, look, you didn't die. There's no death for touching it. I'm telling you that there's no death either for eating it. So her embellishment allowed for the story to continue in terms of touching it. And this was the way that the serpent, um, the serpent proved to her that there was nothing wrong. The next question um, that one can ask, so first of all, why did she embellish it? Why, why did she go and say you shouldn't touch it? The next question is, how did Adam and Eve come to sin? They were the greatest of tzaddikim. They were the greatest righteous people 
that ever lived. They were created in the image of God. It said that Adam, we learned, was so great, his intellectual and spiritual power was so great that he could see from one end of the world to the other. He was so great, we learned, that he could name all the animals and understand the spiritual nature of everything. Now, just imagine if somebody said to you, I'm giving you one thing that you mustn't do. You are living in a garden of Eden. You're living in a place of pleasure. There is so much pleasure here. There's so much delight here. There's so much to be connected to here. I'm asking you one thing. Don't eat from this tree in the middle of of, 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 of the garden. And all they had to do, this mitzvah only lasted a couple of hours, because our rabbis teach that they got this early on Friday afternoon. If they had managed not to eat of the tree of knowledge, good and evil, and wait until Shabbat came in, the world would have come to fruition. They couldn't control themselves. Well, it seemingly looked like the woman couldn't control herself. How can that be? When you've got two spiritually Powerful human beings. And let's just say the woman couldn't control herself. Why didn't Adam control himself? Doesn't say anywhere that he had an argument with her and said, I don't want to eat of it. And she says, no, you better eat of it. And they had a problem in Shalom Bayit in, in harmony in the home. It says very clearly, Vatikach Mipirio, she took of the fruit, Vatochel, and she ate of it, Vatitin Gam. Leisha Ima, and she gave it to her husband, Vayochal, and he ate it. As very simple and as compliant as can be. How can that be? Two tzaddikim, two righteous people. How did they come to not control themselves on just one do not? Today we've got 248 do nots. And life is a struggle because there are a lot of do nots that come our way every single day. More than that, the third question that, that can be asked, not only was how did they do to their tzaddikim, the questions even further strengthened in that they never had a Yetzirah. They never had an evil inclination. They didn't have any inclination that was pushing them against the will of God or to do anything that was against God. Today, we can maybe give an excuse and say, I couldn't help it, my horror, my, my evil inclination was just way too strong. The desire to do the negative was way too strong. I couldn't help myself. But they didn't have a horror. And how do we know that? Because until the point that they had eaten from the fruit, they didn't even recognize they were naked. And what is that idea all about? The fact that they were so spiritual, they saw everything, including their, their physical bodies and the physicality around them, being in service of God. Everything was seamlessly aligned with the service of God. It was only after they ate did they realize that they were naked, and then they became embarrassed and, and had to clothe themselves, which means the Yetzirah, the evil inclination, only entered into them once they had eaten from the tree of knowledge, good and evil. They did not know any evil in the first place. So how is it that these two seemingly spiritual, spiritually connected, tzaddikim, righteous people could make such a blunder and they couldn't control themselves for an hour? What was the point of all of this? And what was the 
whole story with the serpent. What was the serpent coming to do it? Like, why the serpent? Why not any other animal? What was happening over here? And even more, furthermore, we will see next week, we will, we will go through it um, in, in further detail. But when God confronts them and he asks Adam, what did you do? He goes and says that because they hid themselves, they were embarrassed. He replies to God that it wasn't his fault. The woman says, it's not my fault. The Nachash, the serpent seduced me and I ate. And then God says to Adam, what do you do? He says, it wasn't my fault. The woman made it. Wow. You'd think that we're looking at, at two three-year-olds having an argument. Oh, mommy, but it wasn't me. No, it wasn't me, mommy. Mommy, it wasn't me. And you're talking about the most spiritual, most holy human beings that, 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 that lived. The whole story does not make sense. And if one has to try look at it at face value while it has drama and, you know, it explains the, 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 the downward spiral that the world moved into because from this situation, we landed up with all the punishments that up to this day we, um, we, we, we suffer with pain and childbirth, having to try and make a living, etc., etc., it still doesn't gel. Why would two intelligent, spiritually connected human beings who have just been put into a garden of Eden, into a place that is full of delight, full of pleasure, who are seamlessly connected to God, why would they want to do this Avera? Because it seems that they willingly and wantingly chose this path. If anybody's got any ideas on this, SMS 34519 or WhatsApp on 061-895-1019. So we're going to take a bit of a step back and pretend and maybe bring ourselves um, in our mind's eye Back to Adam and Eve, not in the Garden of Eden, but Adam and Eve in heaven, in the world of souls. We believe that the soul is on a journey. And whilst our reality for all of us listening across the airwaves today is that, thank God, we are alive and we are well and we have a physical reality that surrounds us. In truth, we are passing through the university of life, we are passing through a very limited time space, that which we call our lives, and we have come from a world of souls, and we are going to a world of souls. And our um, sojourn in this world for 120 years is there just as a learning um, institution. It's, we are going through, we're going through our schooling, where our soul has certain powers and certain a certain standing in the spiritual world and then it comes down into this physical world it gets enclosed in a physical body the consciousness of god is shut down from us on a conscious level and it is our duty our purpose to navigate through the trials and tribulations of this world and 
find God again, connect to God again, to make this world a better place, to increase godliness into this world, to bring God into this world, and at the same time, in turn, elevate ourselves um, spiritually. So once we leave this physical world, and we come into the world to come, the next world, we are at a higher station spiritually than when before we were sent down. So now we've got Adam and Eve in this spiritual world, and God says to them, I need you. I've just created an entire world. I've created you. I've created worlds, in fact. And you're living in a spiritual world right now, very much connected to me. But I need you to go down into the nether world. I created a physical world. And I want you to go make that a dwelling place for me. I want you to make that place a place where I will be recognized and I will feel comfortable to dwell in. And so he brings into being Adam and Eve in their physical clothing, in their physical bodies, and he places them in this beautiful garden called the Garden of Eden. And he says to him, you can partake of everything that there is in this world. The only thing I do not want you to do is that I do not want you to eat from the tree. So Mr. and Mrs. Adam and Eve arrive on in this beautifully cultured, spiritually delightful garden. And they look around, and it is indeed beautiful. And it's, again, I'm kind of creating this discussion. But Eve turns around to Adam and says, this is not where God wanted us to be. Look at us. We are tzaddikim. We are pure people, holy people. We are completely connected to God, and we have every spiritual pleasure that we can find in this world. I don't think this is where God wants us to be. Now, the snake, being the most cunning and the, the most connected of all animals, joins in in the conversation says, you're right. God told you you could eat from all the trees, right? Yes, Eve says, he did. He says, but you're not going to get anywhere. If you're sitting in a spiritually beautiful place and you've got everything at your fingertips, then how are you to fulfill your mission in this world? How are you to make this world a dwelling place to God when you're in a place that is spiritually 100%? It's almost as if you're put in a, in a, in a, in a, in a position where you've already got your degree, you've already matriculated, you've already got what it is that you want, and then somebody sticks you in, in the same position and says, okay, go out and learn, go, go, go do something different, and go say, what should I do different? I know everything, I've, 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 I've indulged in everything that I have to do, where, where should I go? I'm already the doctor of philosophy, I've already got my PhD, why are you putting me back in that situation? And so the discussion then lent itself when the serpent said, look, but there is something that you haven't managed to negotiate. There's something that you weren't allowed to have. And if you partake of that, what will happen is what? God knows from the day that you eat from it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like a God having good and evil. 
knowing good and evil. And maybe you were placed in this entire thing to understand that what you have here is was dished up to you. You had absolutely no effort in acquiring it. If you want to grow, you need to partake of this tree. You're listening to Rabbits and Adol Kazilski. Welcome back. And uh, Rene has just sent in a WhatsApp. Hi, Adel. I think the reason Adam and Eve sinned was because that's what God wanted in order that we have free choice. Well, you're pretty warm. Rene, let's follow. Thank you for your comment and thank you for thinking and, and, and joining in. Let's follow somewhat more the, the, the discussion now. And you'll see that you have touched on a very salient point. So the... Serpent says to Eve, not only that you're touching it, eating it, God knows that the day that you will partake of that, you're going to know the difference between good and evil. And so Adam, uh, Eve probably turned around to Adam and said, well, we've got two choices now. We're tzaddikim. We're righteous people. We're living in a righteous place. We're living in a spiritually fulfilling place. We could just live like tzaddikim the rest of our lives. And not only will we be tzaddikim, our children will be tzaddikim. Because there is, as Rene pointed out, no free choice. But if we partake of this tree, we will gain a deeper understanding. We will actually fall into the place where we have to fulfill our mission. And that is choose between good and evil. So if we eat from this tree of knowledge, then we will be able to have a choice. And when we have a choice, we will be able to choose to make God a dwelling place. And then we will have fulfilled our mission because then we will be what? Balei Chuva. We will be people who have to repent and people who have to see what they've done wrong and make good. And so she sees that the tree is good. The woman saw she sees that the tree is actually very good. It's a good way to go. Because in doing that, they are fulfilling the mission for which God brought them down into this world. And she saw that it, that it was desirable in their eyes. It made a lot of sense for them to do that. And that the tree was attractive. And then, she takes of the fruit, she eats, she eats it, and then she gives it to her husband. And he too eats it, both of them willingly and knowingly, because they were wanting to fulfill their mission in this world. And so, now we look at the story of the Garden of Eden, and we see it in a totally different light. Because now what we are seeing is that Adam and Eve were consciously and, 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 and deliberately eating from this tree of knowledge in order for them to fulfill the mission for which God had created. And that was to make it a dwelling place for God in this world. Because before that, they couldn't do anything for a dwelling place because God was dwelling in this Garden of Eden. And hence all the so-called punishments that came with this eating are a result, a necessary result in order for us to be put into a position in this world in order to choose. And that became the mission of humanity, starting all the way from Adam and Eve, 
all the way back to them. Okay. All the, sorry, not all the way back, all the way forward to us today. That we live in a place where we see the dichotomy between good and evil. And where every single day it is a necessity for us to choose which direction we need to take. Which direction should be better for us. And there are times that we mess up. And we bring negativity into this world by banishing God away, by not living a godly life. And there is another way where we bring godliness into this world. Another question just popped up now that I don't understand is why then did Hashem punish them? Well, if you follow this story, then, Rene, you will understand that God wasn't punishing them. What he told them afterwards by the pain, you know, you will, you'll have pain in, in, in birth and, and, and by the sweat of your brow you will work. That became the necessary strictures by which we will have to have the free choice to choose God. Because if we were left in the Garden of Eden and we were left with all the spiritual delight, we wouldn't have been able to choose. But by God putting us in a situation where life is tough, where we are Knocked from here and from there And by the sweat of the brow we have to do it And by the pain of childhood we have to bring up the kids And we have to do all of that That is our investment in making this world a better place And they were fully aware of their choice Neil Neil just wrote in They weren't fully aware that they, what their choice would and would have led them to they certainly were. They consciously made that choice because otherwise it does not make sense that two spiritually connected human beings would not be able to control themselves. They didn't even have a yates or horror. They didn't even have an even inclination to choose negative. Why did they not just mind their own business and, and you know, go visit the garden and enjoy the pleasures? Because they made a conscious choice that in order for humanity to fulfill its mission to make this world into a dwelling place of God, they had to eat of that tree of knowledge, good and evil. And then their eyes opened. And in them, having their eyes opened, they were open to the world of choice. They were open to the world of, I now have a challenge in front of me. I have to choose which way I am going to go and which way I am going to to, to, to navigate this world. And that really is a very powerful message for humanity altogether. When we look at the world and we ask the reason why are we here, we fall back to the story in the Garden of, of Eden. We are here because God gave Adam and Eve a challenge. He said, I'm bringing you down into this world and I want to make a dwelling place. For me, I want you to reveal me in a place where I am concealed. And when they came into the Garden of Eden, the final choice was theirs. They could have just remained blissful and not grow any any further and just partake of all the spiritual delight they had. Or they had the choice of saying, let's understand the world, let the, let us fall, so to speak, into the world at its lowest, where God is completely concealed. And from there, let us grow 
by choosing what what we should be doing with our lives, doing good or doing negative. And why are we still here? Why are why is it taken so long? Because this world is a very, very complex world. It's a very complicated world. And in order for us to elevate every single part of every single corner of this world takes a lot. And many, many times humanity has made the wrong choices. And that's why we're still battling at it. But the good news is we're almost there. You're listening to Robertson Adel Kazilski. Welcome back, and we just really have a couple of minutes. Neil, thank you for all your input. Um, I have to respectfully disagree. We don't have to do things our way. We have to do things God's way. But the brilliance of God's way is that we have to choose. We have to decide of our own volition to do things um, in the correct way. We can choose otherwise. Uh, you know, it's kind of almost very quickly just to give an analogy. What is better, a person who has... Um, his house always cleaned up, person who always has his dinner served up, a person who always has everything that's laundered, and, he, and a person who has money just put into his bank account, and uh, he doesn't have to lift a finger to do anything the entire day but just sit in a chair and just, I guess, wallow in all the luxuries that he has. And if you take a, d- a different person and that person has to wake up early in the morning and has to clean his house and he has to do the laundering, then he has to go navigate the world out there and, 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 and do business and, 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 and make money in order that he gets the shopping so he can come home and he have to, has to make supper. Who is the person that is achieving? The person that is just sitting in that chair and everything is delivered to him? Or the person who is going out fighting the vicissitudes of life and achieving and managing? Certainly we would all agree that the latter um, is is of the better. And that really is the nimshal, the, 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 the explanation to this world. Adam and Eve understood we can't live in the Garden of Eden and just be tzaddikim. We need to get stuck into the world of good and evil and go out and make a change. Okay, And that's really what the story of the Garden of Eden is. They consciously chose that. For humanity, and correctly so, it was a correct decision, because in us working this world, getting involved with the materiality of the world and exposing the godliness behind it, we are achieving, not only for ourselves personally when we go from the one spiritual world to the next and this world that we pass through, but for the world altogether. Thank you all for joining in on this fascinating conversation. Next week we are going to dissect a little bit more the various, um, so to speak, and I'm putting in inverted commas, punishments that were given to the snake and to Adam and Eve. But nevertheless, as an overall view, we've got to know that those were the necessary consequences that were needed in order for us, for us to function. In the meantime, have a fabulous week. Please, God, I will be um, on air tomorrow morning with Howard Feldman discussing do we live in messianic times. So until then, have a superb day.